And because of that, I don't have to stay the way that I am. I mean, isn't that great? I mean, isn't that great to know that because of that living hope, that there is change, that, that we don't have to keep going through the same cycle over and over and, and, and over again. And, and even if we are stuck in that cycle, we realize, you know what, this is not... Man, this is not the end. There is something more, and, and there is something greater. And, man, what a great song. Thanks, Derek, for... Um, I know we were juggling some songs around, and I appreciate you, you keeping that one in there and uh, us being able to, to use that together uh, today. Um, hey, look, I know it's an oldie but a goodie, but I've got, I've got to share this this morning as we kick off. Uh, there was... You know, there was a man that wanted a pet, so he goes to the pet store, and he decides to get a parrot because he had heard that you could teach these birds how to talk, and he was very uh, just enthused about that. So he took the bird home only to find out that the bird's previous owner has taught him some very foul language. And so the parrot started sounding out these really crude and obscene expletives at really embarrassing times, and the man, now look, he used positive reinforcement. He used negative reinforcement. He did everything he could to get the, the bird to change the language that, that he was using, but nothing helped. And then there was this one night where his mother came to visit, and all of a sudden this bird just let out all of these blue words, and he just couldn't stand it anymore. It embarrassed him in front of his mom. And so he picked up the parrot, and he went into the kitchen, and he opened up the freezer, and he threw the bird inside and slammed the door. And everything got silent. After a few minutes, he goes and he opens up the freezer and there's the parrot just shivering and he grabs him and takes him back, puts him in the cage. And he says, now do you understand that I do not want to hear the, that type of language anymore? And the, the bird shook his head, yes. And then the parrot said, can I ask a question? The man said, sure. And the parrot said, what did the turkey say? And you're going to get that on the way home, or you're going to be, um, I don't know, at lunch, and, and it's going to come to you, and you're going to be the turkey! Oh! And when you do, um, just tell those around you it's all right that you're just a little slower than everybody else at church today. Uh, they'll forgive you. It's going to be fine. Hey, our mouths get us in all kinds of trouble. Have you found this out yet? And some of us, it gets in more trouble than, than others. Because of all the things that we try to train, nothing is more difficult than trying to control the things that we say. We love to talk. In fact, some of you believe it's your spiritual gift and, and that God needs you to talk and that God wants you to talk. And it seems that everybody has something to say. And so it's a great thing that in our Bibles, James talks more about our mouth and our conversation and our words than any other author in the New Testament. So go ahead, open up your Bibles. Find James, it's near the back of, of your Bible, and we're going to be camping out primarily in chapter 3 uh, for this morning. Even though every chapter in the book of James has something to say about managing your conversations. Now look, he's going to talk about the wonderful use of our words, and, and you're going to find passages that he speaks about praying and blessing and seeking healing through confession and expressing love. But James is also going to talk about how the way in which we talk to each other well, can have a negative impact. When we blame others, when we deceive, when we express prejudice or hate, when we say things that are slanderous, when we brag, when we complain. And you read through James and you can't help but get the impression that apparently those 
those first readers of his were having difficulty in the way in which they were, they were speaking to one another. The pressure of their lives, remember they had been upended and they had been scattered and everything had stopped. They were in the midst of their own pandemic because of their faith. They didn't have homes. They lost their jobs. They had to move from family and friends. And it seems that that pressure was pressing on them so much that it brought with it the temptation to speak in ways that were not God-honoring. And look, James knew that unholy speech can tear apart a Christian community. And it sends the wrong message to those who are looking in from the outside. Now, this lesson is going to come crashing right into our living room. I mean, we're talking about being a difference maker. And we're going through James and seeing how he says, look, Christians can stand out in a world where they're scattered. And, and one, of the, one of the huge ways that we're going to be able to make a difference and to be different is the way in which we, what's the way in which we talk. And I want you to think about something. Bring it to your living room. Those who are watching online right now, you're sitting at home, think about this. What have you been saying and posting during this pandemic? Have you been critical of any COVID protocols? I mean, hey, is anybody just sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? Uh, it's like everybody were over this already, right? And, and praise God for the different vaccines that are out there. And I, I was speaking with some individuals who were at our 9 a.m. service. They had received their um, vaccine shots and they were out and they felt free and they came and participated in the worship that we had and I know some of you, you, you've been through this process, others of you are waiting and we hope and pray that that is going to be something that will truly continue to be a blessing but we're over this in so many ways and oftentimes we voice that in the things that we say. Anybody in here posted anything about the wearing or not wearing of masks during this last year? Have you said anything sarcastic out of anger to someone with a different political view? Or maybe someone who is going to pull for Tom Brady tonight. You're like, are you serious, that crybaby? Come on, right? The pressure. The pressure of this unprecedented, unprecedented season of life has caused some to take liberties with their mouth that God never intended. So look, if you want to be a difference maker, and if you want to stand out in a culture of vitriol on the behalf of Christ, then I want you to listen to what James has to say about our words. We all stumble in many ways, he writes in chapter 3. This is verse 2. He says, if anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. James says, look, if you can control your mouth, there's a perfection that you have, but it is not a moral perfection. It doesn't mean you don't sin. He uses a Greek word that talks about maturity and health. And he says, the more that you are able to manage your conversations, the more that you are able to choose your words carefully, well, that is a sign that you are growing in your spiritual life. And James doesn't want us to underestimate the importance of what, he, of what he's going to say and the importance of what we say. So he's going to begin in chapter 3 by reminding us that our words have tremendous influence and control over our life. When you think about where you're headed and where you're going to be 10 years from now, I would encourage you to look at your conversations. What do you talk about? What do you talk about the most? You see, we shape our words, and then our words end up shaping us. And James says, look, I know the tongue is small. It's, it's tiny. Your mouth is small. But because we think like that, we're like, well, it's an insignificant deal. It's not that big of a problem. But it has tremendous power. Pick up reading in verse 3. He says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by the means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, 
even though the winds are strong. James is saying, look, our mouths direct where we go. It's why a 95-pound jockey can control a 2,500-pound stallion just by placing a little bit piece of metal strategically over the tongue. Our words, our speech controls the direction of our life. And just a little word and just a little phrase can influence where we are headed. And that small rudder that directs the huge ocean liner out in the middle of the waves and the wind and the sea, that rudder is able to keep it on course, and our tongue is like that. Our conversations direct where we go. Our mouths are the steering wheel of our life. It guides the system. And if you don't like where you're headed right now, why don't you check out the way in which you are speaking? Look at verse 5. He's going to give another illustration to try to drive it home and say that, look, our words not only have the power to direct our lives, but our words... And they can also destroy what it is that we have and those things that we love so much. He says the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It's a flame of fire. It is the whole world of wickedness corrupting our entire body. And it can set your whole life on fire. I mean, how many people, because of a careless word, have torched their marriage? or their career, or their reputation, or the reputation of another, or the reputation of their church, or friendship. Guys, just like a careless camper can destroy an entire forest overnight, a careless word can destroy your life and mine, just like this. You see, fire and words under control, well, they give tremendous warmth and light, but fire and words out of control can be devastating. I like, I like the paraphrase of James' words that I found. It says, it only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. But our speech can ruin the world, or by our speech, our world is ruined. Turn harmony to chaos. Throw mud on a reputation. Send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it. Maybe you need to write down Proverbs 18 and verse 20. It says, you have to live with the consequences of everything you say. And we think, oh, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, it's just the way I talk. Just the things I say. Well, listen, James wants you to know that not only do your words direct and not only can your words destroy, but your words are also a window in order to display who you really are. You see, guys, my speech reveals my character. It tells the world what's really inside of me. It's why in verse 9, James points out how inconsistent our speech is. He says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursings. He says, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. The highest use of our vocabulary should be to praise God. And we have come here today for that purpose. We don't have to be here. We, we can praise God all during the week, and we should be, and we are. But understand, we come to church on Sundays, and we sing praises to the Lord, and then we walk out, and we get into the car, and on the way home, we argue about where we're going to eat for lunch. And it is amazing how quickly our attitude can change. Or we get to lunch and we talk about a brother or sister that we saw at church. Or we talk about something that the preacher said, or the, something that was not said. One minute we're saying, praise the Lord. The next we're saying, shut up. 
The tongue is such a strange contradiction. It's so inconsistent. We praise one minute and then we curse the next. Now look, James uses the word curses, but he's not talking so much about profanity, though it can be included, and I know that other writers speak elsewhere in the New Testament about this. But James is talking about the habit of verbally diminishing other people. You know, go around saying, you know what, you're just good for nothing. Or you'll never amount to anything. Or you know what, you are just like your fill in the blank. He's talking about gossip. And he's talking about slander. And he's talking about hate language. And he's talking about racist remarks. And he's talking about stereotyping. And James tells us that, look, when you talk in these ways, God takes it personally because you are cursing a human being that's made in the very image of God. And look, this includes people who, who are different from you, who are different from me, from different racial or ethnic backgrounds, people with different moral lifestyles, people who come from different religions or have no religion at all. God says, these are my kids. And you're going to talk to them this way? You're going to say these things? It's like the little girl who was loving on her dad's neck. And about that time, her little brother walked in, and they had just been having this, this huge fight in another room. And so as the brother walked in, she stuck her tongue out at him behind her father's back. Now, dad didn't see this, but mom, who was standing off to the side, saw it. And she said, you cannot love on your father's neck at the same time you stick your tongue out at your father's son. And guys, that's what James is saying. And I want you to think about this in terms of our witness. Our culture is aggressively placing Christians further and further to the margin. All because of different stereotypes where, where Christians are seen as being hypocritical and hateful. And, and hey, let, let's be honest. We have earned some of that, okay? But how are we going to get a hearing in this world if our words do not consistently reflect God's heart about the very people that God desires to redeem? You see, in our culture, the message is the messenger. What people hear us saying, that is the message that they receive. <laughs> and so you sit back and you go, man, well, why do we struggle so much? Why are we so inconsistent? I mean, what's the problem? Because one minute I can say something and genuinely mean something that's encouraging or loving toward another, and then they tell me who they voted for, or they tell me what team they support. Or they tell me something that's going on and happening in their family. Or they tell me a, a theological point of view. Or, or they tell me something that I don't agree with. And man, all of a sudden, out of me just comes something hateful or something sarcastic. Where does it come from? Well, James gives the answer in verses 11 and 12. He says you need to consider the source. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a, can a fig bear olives or... A grapevine bear figs. Can, can a salt spring produce fresh water? You see, the point is that whatever is in the well is going to come out in the water. In my mouth is just a bucket that carries what's already in the well. So if the water is, is poisonous, it doesn't matter how much I try to paint up the, the spout on the outside, it's not going to help. Because understand, the real issue is not with my, my mouth. It's not necessarily with my conversations. The real issue is my heart. Because what's on the inside is going to come out. And my mouth will eventually betray the inside of me. Because I can fool you. 
And I can pretend, and, and I can dress a certain way, and I can act a certain way, but eventually my tongue is going to catch up with me, and I'm going to let you know what is truly on the inside and in my heart. And I don't know, maybe you've heard this excuse, or maybe you've given this excuse. Somebody will fly off the handle, someone will say something hurtful, say something loud, say something profane, and then say, man, I don't know what got into me. I don't know where that came from. That's not like me. And James says, yeah, it is. It's exactly like you. It's exactly like you. You've been kidding yourself because what's on the inside is going to come out. I know Derek mentioned in our, our first worship, he said, hey, growing up, it was mama's, mama always said, hey, look, garbage in, garbage out. Whatever it is that, that you're listening to, what you're watching on Netflix, what you're, what you're getting in your iPod, I mean, it, it, everything, it is, it, it's all coming in, and eventually it's going to go, it's going to come out somewhere and somehow. And we say, well, that's not me, but the scripture says, yes, it is. You see, our, our speech is an inside-out process. It's why Jesus said a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is inside your heart. Friends, you, you don't have a mouth problem. You have a heart problem. It's much serious than what you think. I have a heart problem. See, if I have a harsh tongue, then it's signs of an angry heart. If I have a negative tongue, it's signs of a, a fearful heart. An overactive tongue is the sign of an unsettled heart. A boasting tongue is the sign of an insecure heart. A filthy tongue is a sign of an impure heart. And a person who is critical all the time was well, a sign of a bitter heart. But understand, the opposite is also true. A person who is all, always encouraging, well, that's the sign of a happy heart. A person who speaks gently has a loving heart. The person who speaks truthfully has an honest heart. Whatever is on the inside is going to come out because my language is going to display who I am, is going to control where I go with my life, and it has the potential to destroy everything that I try to build. So, what do we do in order not to end up inside the freezer next to the turkey? I mean, that's the question, right? Well, for that, I'm going to get some help in a few minutes. And, um, you know, we, we don't get to go off and, and be in our classes anymore like we used to and hear from a lot of different people. And so uh, while we're doing this living room series, I like, to, um, I like to bring some people up to the couch and just have a little conversation and and we're going to do that and here in just a, a minute and I still look to uh, finish up here around that 11.30, 11.35 uh, mark. But, um, but uh, what I want us to do right now, I just want us to pray about the things that we say. I want us to pray about the things that we say and the way in which we use our words. I want us to think about the way that we talk to our spouse, the way we talk to our kids. I want us to think about the way that we talk when we're in the locker room, when we're on the ball field, the way that we talk in the office. I want you to think about the things that we say when we're in our car. I want you to think about the way in which we speak about our fellow brothers and sisters and our church, our church family. I want us to pray about that, and then uh, we're going to continue that prayer in song. We're going to sing a song called Ancient Words. And, um, and, then, and then what we'll do is, like I said, I'm going to have some people come up here on the couch, and, and we're going to see if we can figure out how not to 
not to be frozen like that turkey, okay? Join me in prayer. Father, may the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be pleasing to you. And Father, there are so many things that we say that get us into trouble. And it is very difficult sometimes because our, our mouth gets running on one speed a lot faster than our mind does. But what we need to hear this morning from James is that, look, this is important. Pre impress on us the importance of our vocabulary and the way in which we speak. Father, help us to understand how it truly reveals who we are. Help us to understand the control it has over us and the destructive power that it entails. Father, may we bring not only our words before you, but Father, may we bring our heart to you. We need a heart change. That's what we ask for. It's the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. So I'm going to ask some friends to um, join me here uh, in our living room. Um, if you guys wouldn't mind to, uh, to come on up. And uh, like I said, we're going to spend about um, 10, 15 minutes uh, being able to talk through some application of some of the things that have already uh, been shared. And I appreciate the willingness of uh, these three to come and, and join me. Uh, it's not in the comfort zone of everybody that's going to be um, up here, uh, but I appreciate uh, their willingness to do that. Uh, Stephen Walker is our YAC minister, uh, and he has uh, been working with our young adult and college students here uh, with us. Uh, joining him uh, there to his, his right is Brianna Jones. Uh, she is one of our uh, young adults that is part of this ministry. She and her husband, husband Spencer. And we're um, thankful to have them as a part of our um, church family. And uh, then here to, to my right, uh, this is Cecily Edmonds. And she is one of our uh, youth. Uh, she's a junior in high school. And uh, you, the reason that I've asked them, I, I, I targeted them intentionally uh, because I want us to be able to discuss the way in which so many of our society right now use conversation across all types of social media platforms. And, um, and so I, I went with some who are younger, who use social media more than maybe those of us who are older, um, in order to get a perspective, because I'm the old guy on the panel up here, all right? Uh, because you know how I'm the old guy? Because I'm the one who has Facebook, right? I'm, I'm the one who has, who has Facebook, uh, because do you have, are you on Facebook? No, are you on Facebook? You are, but that's just because you're married. Uh, right, that you're just mature. That, that, that's what it is. Um, and, and are you on Facebook? That's just to show pictures of Wrigley. Right, you show pictures of your dog. Um, it, it, it's true, the older you are, the more likely you are to use the social media platform Facebook uh, because uh, that is where all the younger people have abandoned because they don't want to have to be on the same platform as their parents or grandparents. Uh, and so there are all types of different social media platforms um, and uh, the thing that I wanted uh, to ask for you guys is why is this something, though, that is so exciting for people to be a part of? Because you've got so many different platforms to be able to use. And one of the things that came to my mind was the fact that all of a sudden, everybody has a voice. Um, and so, Stephen, I just want you to talk just a minute to the idea that all of a sudden now, everybody, if, you are, if you've got a phone, if you've got a tablet, you can get one of these social media devices and instantly you have a voice, you have a platform, and you have an audience, right? 
So what kind of power does that give you, my man? Unlimited. No. There you go. No, really, it does. Uh, it, right? It's really cool because um, you can really just kind of show who you are um, and, and give people an insight of what you do. Like some people blog their entire day, and you'll have thousands of people watching it, and you think, well, that's, that's not really interesting. But for some people, it is. And so um, it's just it, it gives you the power to give people an insight of what you do and what your life is like. And um, I guess that's somewhat powerful and, and cool to do just to show people who you are. Okay, so Cecily, I want to hear from you as a high school student here just a minute. Because when I was in high school, I couldn't tell anybody what I was thinking or what was on my mind, all right? Um, didn't have a platform to really do that in. And so therefore, I kind of grew up knowing people really don't want to hear from you. That, that you have to be a certain age or you have to achieve a certain status before people will listen. Well, now here you are, a junior in high school, and man, you've been encouraging people to uh, eat more healthy, right? And so uh, what's that like to be able to know that you have a voice that people are actually listening to you? Um, I mean, it's kind of fun. I have like an Instagram account where I like show different foods that I like to eat because it's something that I enjoy. But I do think something about social media is like it does give everyone a voice, but that doesn't necessarily mean that people are listening to it. And so, like, a lot of times I'll be on my Instagram, I'm like, I don't care about what you're doing, so I'll just skip through your daily vlog that you did. Like, I really don't care. But then there are those people that I am interested in learning about, and it is fun to just show people because sometimes, like, people that I may be friends with, like, in real life don't really care what I'm eating, but it's something that I'm passionate about. So I know there's other people that are also interested in that, so it is just fun to, like, connect with people over, like, a, something that you may have in common. Well, and the, you said a key. You were able to get your voice out about what you are passionate about. And that's a lot of, of with the social media platforms that you're able to, to communicate, here is what I am thinking, and here's what means a lot to me, and here's what I love. Whether you like it or not, I'm going to tell you how I feel. Now that gives a wonderful opportunity, and it gives us um, the ability to hear from people from all over the world, from all over different backgrounds. But as Jesus followers... There's a responsibility that comes. And so, Brianna, if you wouldn't mind, just speak to this idea that all of a sudden you have the opportunity, you have a, a platform, but you can't just say anything, can you, as a Jesus follower? Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that when they attack other people online or when they say that their opinion, and it's a very harsh opinion, that they are no longer someone that another person could look to and think, oh, well, they always, you know, talk about Jesus or they display Jesus in their life, so I can go to them. But when you are rude to other people or, you know, when you say all of these negative things, people don't think about you as someone they could come to. They think of you as someone that's rude or mean or any other type of. Because, again, the words that you use reveal your character, right? And, and so if you've been taking notes today, something you might want to write down, is this idea that we need to let God change us from the inside out. Because there is a responsibility that Jesus' followers have when it comes to being able to put out communication, whether we use social media or not. And I think about Psalm 51, created me a clean heart, O oh God, uh, because we've already learned we can't control this on our own, right? But something that I have found is that people come to Jesus for salvation, but they don't necessarily want to come to him for sanctification. Do you understand the difference between those where we come saying, Lord, I want you to save me, but I don't want you to change me. And that's a big issue. And so all of a sudden we get on social media, right? 
and you go, yeah, I'm a Christian, and, and we put our identifiers right there on Steve, you know, I'm a Jesus follower and all this stuff. And so people see this about us, and then all of a sudden they read the things that we're getting passionate about and the things that we're saying, and people will say, well, I'm a Christian, but yet their words don't show that. Why do we, why do we, why do we hold back with letting God change the way in which we communicate and talk? What do you think? Well, I, I, I don't know. I think it's just something where, you know, as a Jesus follower, um, we're not promised comfort. We're not promised, um, you know, comfortability. We're, we're promised the opposite. Um, we're promised that we're going to go through hardship and we're going to struggle because the Savior that we follow struggled and went through hardship. And I think um, we forget that sometimes and, and we see, and I think sometimes it's a result of social media of, you know, people or, or these influencers that are Jesus followers. It just seems like it's the perfect life. Um, but that's not the reality of it. And I, and I think it's also a responsibility for us to kind of carry that to social media and not just be something where we're putting out our best and everything is filtered and everything is perfectly typed out and placed grammatically. I, I, I think as, as Jesus followers, we need to reflect the, the Savior that we follow on social media. And that means sharing hardships. That means sharing struggles. You know, that means being open and vulnerable with people because that's who Jesus was. And we get into trouble when we kind of prop ourselves up on social media. And like you said, sometimes the hypocrisy is, is you know, well-deserved because we kind of promote that on social media. And so for me, it, it's hard because I don't want to be vulnerable. You know, I don't want to share my hardships or struggles because of rejection or fear or, or someone, you know, judging me or, or something like that. And so you're concerned uh, about the other people's words coming back. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes it's not what you put out on social media. It's the response. You guys ever put something out there and you thought you were being very innocent or you were, you were just promoting something that you felt passionate about and then you got the response from others and you're like, whoa, whoa, maybe I, I was not planning on you know, going there, and, and that's what, you know, happens, um, and, and that's what kind of, you know, comes over us. Paul says, Spirit, he said, ask the Spirit to renew your thoughts and attitudes in Ephesians 4 and verse 23. It's this idea that, God, I'm going to let, let you, you change me, and I'm going to change the way I use these platforms, the way in which I, I speak, you know, and the way in which I, I go about them. Now, Channing, or excuse me, I just call, did I just call you your sister? Look at that. Channing, I just gave you a shout out, wherever it is that you are. Cecily, I apologize uh, so much uh, for that. I'll be hearing that now for weeks and months. Um, Cecily, I apologize. Um, so, and, and this is a good one, because this is the next point, is ask God for help. Apparently, I need to ask God for help with my words. That's what I need. I want you to listen to this, this verse. It's Psalm 141 in verse 3. It says, set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. It's this idea of praying, God, would you muzzle my mouth, Right? Uh, uh, talk about just when you have the power, like you said, you're, a, uh, you're in high school, you have this power, the, the difficulty it is sometimes just to say, God, help me use this in a productive, a productive way. Because you just want to say, all right, I got it, let me use it, right? No, yeah, I definitely think it's difficult because it is, it's like, oh, I have X amount of followers on Instagram. If I post this, I know this amount of people are going to see it. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's what should be out there. And something that I heard one time, I don't remember who said it, but it's just like your social media is like an echo chamber of what you already believe. Because you can just go on there and unfollow people you don't want to see, click not interested, I don't want to see your opinion, so like I don't agree with it, so why do I want to see it? And so sometimes I feel like guarding yourself on what you say, you're like, I don't really know how that's going to impact other people. 
But just like leaning onto God and saying like, if this isn't what you want, then I'm not going to say it because I don't want to represent him in a way. Because like what you're saying, like putting like, oh, like Jesus follower, like in your Instagram bio, it's like, well, that you're literally making yourself a reflection of him. And so when people see your social media profiles, then you are like showing them Jesus if you are portraying yourself in that way. So without using your social media in a way that's showing glory to God, then it's kind of hypocritical of what we're supposed to be doing. And all of a sudden, everybody's pulling out their phone, checking their social media profile. It's like, what have I got on mine? You know, what have I been, you know, what have I been saying? Uh, let me encourage everybody to have that prayer each morning where we say, Lord, uh, don't let me be critical today. Don't let me be judgmental. Don't, don't let me just say things off the cuff and fire off some response or say something to a coworker who asked for, for my help during the day. You know, ask for that daily help. I saw a quote that, that is this. The proof that God's spirit is in your life is not that you speak in an unknown tongue, but that you control the tongue that you do know. So think about that in the way in which you, you, you do this. Um, uh, another idea, and so Brianna, I want you to have an opportunity to talk about this. Sometimes we just need to be quiet, right? Sometimes you just, um, who, who talks more between you and Spencer? Definitely me. <laughs> Definitely you. All right, Spencer, do you agree? He, just, he said nothing. He just shook his head. That was, that was all there was. All right, so, so, you, so you, talk, you talk more. But if, if, if our conversations get us into so much trouble, and I've talked before in lessons about needing to take breaks perhaps from social media, but even beyond social media, just taking times where, we, where we're silent, where it's like I don't have to have the last word. I don't have to be the, um, the one that has you know, the, 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 the best answer. Again, another quote, I have often regretted my speech, but I have never regretted my silence. In Proverbs 17, a truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding is even tempered. Even fools are thought wise when they keep silent and their mouths shut. They seem intelligent. So let everybody think you're a fool. Don't open your mouth and confirm it for them, right? That, that's it. But how hard is it just, just to be quiet sometimes? I mean, I think it's hard sometimes unless I get mad and then it's <laughs> pretty easy. Right. But um, there's a quote and it says that people will forget what you said, they'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And I think about that a lot because there's a time and a place for difficult discussions, and it's not on Facebook <laughs> or any other social media, but there are also conversations that don't need to happen at all. Just because you have an opinion doesn't mean you have to share it and spread it and tell everybody that you know. Um, it's easy to want validation for your opinions, but just because you have it doesn't mean you have to share it. You can Right, you can truly it. keep it to yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a guy that went and joined a monastery, and for three years he was on a probation period. He could only speak at the end of each year. He could only say two words. At, at the end of the first year, you know, he said that uh, the food, he said food cold. At the end of the second year, he said bed hard. At the end of the third year, he said I quit. And the priest who was in charge said, well, of course you do. You've done nothing but complain ever since you've been here. Uh, and, and so look, it does us no good, it does us no good to speak less, but then when we do speak, to be hurtful or harsh or hateful, your sarcasm is still going to be biting even when it's heard less. So let's use the periods that we have of silence to actually focus on scriptures like Psalm 19:14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O God, my rock and and my Redeemer. All right, so our time is coming to a close here, and um, uh, there's going to be something that's going to come up on the screen that I just want everybody to think about. It's a question. You, you've heard what these 
uh, three have talked about just in a limited basis about the struggles of what we put out and what people see about us and, and how we talk. It's great to have opportunities to, um, to share what we're passionate about and what we think about. But what do your conversations reveal about you? Do you talk more about your, your food choices than your Savior? Do you talk more about your political point of view than Jesus? Are you more concerned with getting somebody to agree with your football team or, or with what your idea is about how things should go here in town? Or are you more concerned with finding out about how people can be moved closer in a relationship with Jesus Christ? Are, are the words that you speak something that people remember how they feel and they remember that they were, they were hurt, that they were embarrassed? Or because of your words, do people leave going, man, I just know that when I'm around that person, I just always feel better whenever it is that, that I leave. And maybe, guys, maybe you need to seek forgiveness. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, no, it, it's nothing to be ashamed about to say, I have a hard time with my mouth. You know, because it's such a big deal. And so you admit it to your husband or to your wife. Or, or you know what, my kids are learning right now. My son is learning how a husband speaks to his wife. Uh, my daughter is learning what a wife should, so to speak, accept from her husband when it comes to conversations. And are there times where we need to say, you know what, I messed up there. And, and what about when it comes to the way that we treat other people here at church and the things that we say? What about the stuff that we've put online and the things that we've said, you know, to others? Maybe we just need to say, you know what, I need some forgiveness here. And you need to ask from others and be thankful for the forgiveness that also comes from the Lord. Guys, I appreciate you coming and uh, taking the time. Just short, but I wanted people to hear other perspectives and just be able to hear from you guys. Um, I pray that your words this week will be seasoned with salt, um, that they will be um, also sweet, and that whenever you speak truth, that it will be done with love, and that um, Jesus Christ will be at the forethought um, of your life. Same for all of you. We are so thankful that you have been here. We want you to know that as you're leaving, there will be in one of our elders in our prayer room in the lobby if you would like to um, have some more conversations uh, with him about anything we've talked about or any other thing that might be on your heart if you'd like a special time of prayer. As we're all headed out and as we're leaving, we're going to sing our way out. Derek, come on and lead us. Give these guys a round of applause as Derek is coming up. Thanks so much.